Hello and welcome to DKI Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. Welcome on in, folks. This is episode, what episode is it? Goodness, I'm sorry, folks. I have had a day. 131. Uh, 131. Thank you. If you're watching live, you see that we have some fancy new assets, uh, but I also do see that we no longer have our name tag, so we're going to have to get that fixed. But anyways, welcome on in, folks. Episode 131 of DKI Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joel, and joining me on the line live, it's Jace. What's up, everybody? It is another fabulous Friday here in the world of anime, and I don't know about you, Jace, but just this season's been living up to the hype. Oh it's my just God. hitting so good, firing on all cylinders. My Hero Academia, Akiba Made War, Chainsaw Man, oh you know, just Raven of the Inner Palace, the Dark Horse, or, you know, Dark Raven, I suppose, that's just come out of nowhere and been like, this is really good. Mobile Suit Gundam. I literally said, I don't plan to watch this because it's Gundam. Why would I watch Gundam? Oops, it's now possibly my top. It might be my top three for the year. So, Mobile Suit Utena. <laughs> yeah, well, keep in mind, I haven't even seen Utena. I obviously yeah, know the historical significance and everything. Yeah. But I'm not even able to pull on that as a source of nostalgia or anything. I'm just watching this and like, this is really good. Uh, once really again, good. Once again, it's it's like Birdie Wing, you know. Once you get a few people like hooked on it, it's like Birdie Wing was very good in its own way. Birdie yeah. Wing is not a show I'm going to sort of carte blanche just recommend to anyone. I'm looking at Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, and saying this is just sort of a borderless anime. It mm. makes me in the right mood, going for the right type of anime crazy to want to watch Birdie Wing, because you might not be into golf, you might not be into True. your golf mafia. Mobile Suit Gundam is just accessible. This is the type of thing that I expect to see on Toonami in a couple of months, just because it is going to be mainstream watchable, and it's just good. Top tier in terms of the production values, obviously, but also just, it's a hard-hitting action one, but it also has all of the makings of a generally strong narrative, good characters, the whole package. I feel yeah. like we need to find a uh, Gundam aficionado for one of the future episodes because as far as like my recollection, like the ones that I've seen were like uh, the ones that were on Toonami back in the day, 08th MS team uh, and uh, the original one, Gundam Wing, of course, and uh, G Gundam. Um, I don't know how widespread the popularity of Gundam Seed was. It's but I know pretty widespread, and I know a couple of folks who are Gundam aficionados. Yeah, I so mean, I'd be interested to compare like, the reach of this compared to the others, because Gundam Wing was the one to really puncture the West and like yeah. make an impact over here. And the other one's here. The next one, the second coming, so to speak, of the yeah. Gundam mainstream craze. And especially so because this one is very deliberately positioned to be accessible in that it's not building off directly, at least, any of the previous iterations. That I know that there are a couple of different Gundam universes and timelines that have some continuity with each other. This yeah. one, from what I understand, is completely detached. And if it is attached somehow, I certainly can't tell that it's just been good. But anyways, I don't want to talk too much about Mobile Suit Gundam because otherwise we could just be on it all day. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about it more in the future. Bottom line is, folks, if you aren't already on this train, get on this train. It's good. And it's also being written by the folks who did Code Geass, so I can get a reference in nice and early today. 
Yeah. <laughs> so actually, I was going to say, uh, I, I've gotten this kind of vibe as I've been watching Eminence of Shadow, uh, that the main character just kind of has these like callbacks to Lelouch too. Like I haven't seen Code Geass, but based off of the key art that I've seen of Code Geass. Yes, and, sort of. He's got the big collar that Zero has. So he's I can got kind of the hairstyle, the glowy eye bit. Like there's... Yeah. A lot of little like homages thrown in there. So, I am enjoying Eminence and Shadow that it's yeah. it's a very good it's not even it's sort of power fantasy, but it's also just kind of comedy and action in general. And yeah. it's towing that overlord vibe of oops, I didn't mean to be this powerful. But the whole thing in this one is he doesn't fully realize he rather he realizes he's powerful. He doesn't realize that all of his subordinates who are actually going out and doing reconnaissance missions and have cracked this case about this very nefarious cult that has infiltrated all levels of society. He thinks that they're just playing along and sort of indulging him. And he's like, oh, that's really nice of them to sort of let me have this fantasy and play it out with me. This is fun. We're just, you know, hanging out together, doing this stuff. And in actuality, everything is happening. I expect that in the next episode or two, he should finally get it through his thick skull. But even if not, I'm just having a good time watching and it's, you know, this is good stuff. I don't think it's going to be in my top 10 of the year necessarily, but it's just a very fun time. So Eminence in Shadow, you know, I put it like a peg and a half, maybe only a peg below Overlord, but it's, this is Power Fantasy Plus Plus in terms of the many that we get every single season. Yeah. This is one of the ones that I'm actually like, ooh, I'm enjoying watching this. The episodes feel like they're going by pretty quickly and just yeah. that's always a good sign. So another one there. Speaking uh, of Power Fantasy, uh, there's also Villainous Tames the Final Boss, which I felt like uh, back in the day that what we saw in the first four episodes could have been stretched to a full 13. Yeah, that's Most what I expected it to be. Yeah, but we seem to have moved into a whole second arc now that yeah. literally feels like a sequel series. Mm-hmm. This show is moving very fast, and I am I have a little bit of whiplash. I yeah, still follow it, I enjoy it, but I'm like where are they going now with this? Because she's engaged to the final boss, but now she's in game two and there's a different final boss and she's engaged to him, but she's trying to prevent the other guys from going full-blown evil. I'm like, what? It's sort of weird because, especially given the peril that we have to my next life as a villainess, which we have for a long time touted as one of the gold standards in this subgenre, I'll say, that they are very much, like you said, in what would feel like a season two, and they are continuing to move along at a very brisk pace. And it's and fine. In some ways, I like it because it means that we're keeping things up. But in other ways, I kind of do want them to slow down and, you know, let's get a bit of character development in here, yeah. please. I mean, I really want to see more of those side characters because the fact that it's uh, just that general group, like, uh, what was it, Belzebus? Uh, I, I always get a little confused because they grab Western names and yet they don't localize them. I understand if it's a pun, like, uh, say, and I've been enjoying this show too, Beast Tamer with Rain Shroud. It's like, okay, you know, Shroud, because, you know, it's kind of hiding the fact that he's such a powerful Beast Tamer. And Rain, spelled R E I N, because he's a Beast Tamer. 
you know, but also, uh, like, but also a shroud of rain clouds. So, I mean, like there's a pun in the name, but I understand leaving it spelled that way. It's kind of like, uh, I, I'm like, I'm confused about Lloyd Forger because Lloyd is a Western name. It's a Western setting, but yet the, uh, official spelling is L O I D. And that always throws me off when I go to type his name in to search like some artwork for him because <laughs> I'm typing L L Y O I D mm. or, but uh, I, I digress from that. Beast Tamer has been really fun too. Um, I, it's very much your typical ensemble cast thing. Um, but it kind of already just hit a point that felt like a plot line got resolved. Like, okay, he's got two girls with him now. He's got Cat and he's got Dragon. He's got to obviously, you know, assemble more VTubers along the way. And yeah. uh, and basically, um, okay, the party he got kicked out of is like, oh, we need to do this thing and destroy these things. Oh, that's going to be a little tough. Oh, we heard that, you know, the Beast Tamer has been doing some stuff. Ah, he was useless. Yeah, but he could be useful to us in that. They meet him. They go, what do you mean you have two legendaries with you? Like, ah. And then they get into a fight and they wipe them out. And it's like, well, he just prove the previous party wrong i mean that's it you know like ta-da he's now proven himself and and can go off on his own it feels like something got resolved way too quickly uh albeit comedically um so it seems like the season is going at a very quick pace um which is at least a lot of those shows yeah it's yeah. varying um and we're starting to get into the real thick of things that we're now in episodes four and five, generally speaking. Uh, the other really fun one for me to watch right now is Urusei Yatsura. Because oh, keep in mind, I have not seen the original. I am conceptually familiar with the original, and I know that it is a historically significant show. But actually watching it play out and seeing, oh, this is where that trope came from, or at the very least, where that trope was popularized. That you need to realize, by today's standards, if you were to release Yurusei Yatsura and just look at it in a vacuum compared to everything else that is being released in this day and age, you would call this an entirely uncreative show. You would call it something built entirely off of tropes and generally say, okay, it looks pretty, but it's unremarkable. These characters are a bit over the top. But when you then look back in context, and you realize, no, this thing wrote the book on those tropes 44 years ago. Yeah. Tropes that are still used today, left, right, and center to the point where they are just tropes that are completely baked into the genre. Just Rubika, Rubiko Takashi is a legend in her own right. She is up there on the Mount Rushmore of uh, mangaka slash, uh, of course, because a lot were adapted into anime. She's up there with, um, you know, your Osamu Tezuka's, your uh, Shotaro Ishinomori's, uh, your I Junji don't know Ito. Any of those names. Okay, okay well, you know, Junji Ito. You know, you're, for, for a slightly more modern take, Junji Ito, you know, like she's on that. But mountain. it's the type of thing that I've heard, yes, this, I've heard the name. 
of the manga. I've heard the name of the show, and I've been told, yeah. yes, it's historically significant. It's on the Mount Rushmore, yada, yada, yada. You're, you're familiar with... It's different to see it play out and be like, oh, that's where that trope came from? Oh, yeah. they had this back 44 freaking years ago? That it's entirely different to finally actually have this all unfold and get that full context and realize, wow, she was so flipping ahead of her time. Shameless plug, Bonsai Pop did an amazing video doing a retrospective before this remake was even announced about how Takashi was ahead of the curve and set the standard. And yeah, I agree with you entirely. Mind-boggling. Yeah. There, there's a, a bit of a meme I saw a couple weeks ago of... Uh, very sarcastically, I must add, because this was in text, but it was still very obvious that it was sarcastic. It was a, oh my gosh, you're to say Yatsura is uh, ripping off of Darling and the Franks because they have a beautiful alien character with horns who is calling the main character Darling left, right, and center. And it's just like, oh, wow, that is a, a pretty big overlap. And it's the type of thing that since I didn't have the parallel of Urusei Yatsura at that time, I just watched Darling Franks like, okay, yeah, this is nice, this, this is neat, whatever. But it is kind of funny to realize just how many parallels Lung yeah. has with Zero Two. I, I'm absolutely loving this, uh, this remake. Re uh, I wouldn't say reimagining, I'd say straight up remake because they are staying fairly faithful to the source material. And the animation style is just... David Production oh, is very pretty. Bestest. I mean, it's like very pretty. Jojo, the way they did Jojo, they do it in such a way where they capture Araki's use of color in his color uh, panels and how the colors are always set to the mood and not like static. The characters don't have a particular color palette per se, aside from one official look. The rest of the time, it's something different. Urusei Yatsura, David does something completely different by really giving this, giving it an old-fashioned feeling. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's also just... that, like, painted cell it's vibe. So, it's so bright. Oh, it's yeah. It's so bright with, you know, the light greens that they use for Lum's hair. That yeah. This is very much... It feels like it was lifted off of its initial artwork and still given that style that they have not updated stylistically, but they just cleaned it up, touched it up, and made it look like today's standard of overall quality while yeah. not upsetting the original vision. And it's the type of thing that obviously JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has become a cultural touchstone, a cornerstone, really, of anime fandom. And... To see them do that so well and help bring it to the forefront and now have and now see them doing uh, this show, it is very much establishing or perhaps reestablishing, confirming that David Production is one of the best in the business when it comes to an adaptation. If you want to, a show of an older IP to be presented in anime by today's standards while still being 100% faithful, David Production is the house you go to. Yeah, they have uh, they have really cemented themselves. They have become a name like synonymous. They're up there with Trigger. They're up there with Madhouse. Um, they, they are one of those top guys now. And that kind of came out of nowhere. Many a year. Yeah. In 2021, all they did was uh, sending a high school boys volleyball team and sells at work too. 
Yeah. All they did in 2020 was Fire Force and Strike Witches. They, they don't do a ton. Yeah. What they touch is very, very good. So I'm just blown away. It's, again, I don't even know. Technically, it would be eligible for our anime of the year because we did have the remake of Fruits Basket. I think it number four or five the year that it began that we still do count that as long as it is a first season of a show even if it is a remake we did count it as eligible i don't know if i would put urusei yatsura in my top 10 because of my personal taste it's gonna be interesting in a couple of months if it gets there or not just on raw quality and yeah. historical significance, and I don't want to count historical significance because that's not a fair stat to judge on. Yeah, I'm definitely going like, to have two different lists. I'm going to have a personal on my YouTube channel of my top 10 of the year, um, but then that's like from a personal biased point of view because of things like Futo PI being right there at the top. Yeah, and here, But then for this, I've got a completely different like more quote unquote professional, I guess you could say, uh, well, here's top the thing. 10. <laughs> Historically, the DKI digital era entertainment anime of the year list has been a blend of personal taste and professional taste that we do let our biases seek, uh, sink in, in terms of which ones we put on. If there's something that's just you, that it's sort of difficult to explain. There's no real, structure or solidified rules quote unquote on how we operate it's just we let ourselves put our general top 10 so i will say that jason and i for anyone listening has not have not actually had a really in-depth discussion on how the heck we're going to be doing this this year but i'll let you know that you'll be welcome to let your personal biases sink in and that we sort of sometimes weigh all right what is significant in these other intangibles but that's what makes it fun of having a list because everything is going to be so subjective anyway so why not let yourself be allowed to have your subjective feelings be involved i will say uh as far as fan service goes this year and i it's funny because there are so many shows they could have gone heavy on it and have shocked me with being like wholesome, like Vermeer gold, um, you know, and it's done tastefully and for the plot rather than the, the quote plot. plot. <laughs> so huge tracts of land, so to speak. Um, I've got to say that it's all been very surprising because something like beast tamer or, uh, you know, it's, it's like, it could go in that direction. Unlike something like uh, Immoral Guild, where it's just, uh, there's there's n there's no other way to put it, but this is the second coming of <laughs> interspecies reviewers. It is just, it is mindless, near hentai fan service that could not be licensed by anybody unless it's like a limited run. Because it's just, I... I can't believe it. I've, I've stumbled across this, across this several times. J-List uses gifts from it on Twitter. And I'm just like, okay, now I got to see what's up with this. Like, you know, it has me laughing every time. It also has me like putting both hands to my face and going, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, I gotta, I'm just gonna fall every time I'm, like, watching that show. And it's funny because all the other shows that have had Etchy in them this season, I've never had to stop myself and go, no, no, that's too horny. Like, <laughs> um, Meanwhile, Chainsaw Man is just really, really good. Uh, it's still at that early phase where I'm not quite seeing it. Like, what's the hype about? It? I mean, this is a very pretty, don't get me wrong, Mappa is going all out here. Oh God, but it's yeah. still so early in the plot that they aren't getting into the meat of it yet. But I also recognize that it's so early that I'm not casting Jen and saying, oh, this has been overhyped. It's just, I know that we're in the appetizer portion right now. Um, the fact so, that they do a different ending for every episode and they confirmed the oh, whole yeah, season a while back i was just like this is bloody art like this is amazing because this gets you to sit through the ending every time and thus also respect every person who works hard on it whereas most people just tend to skip endings and openings these days um thank you netflix skip button <laughs> there's such an art to the opening and ending of things that most of the time, unless I'm binging, I watch it no matter what. And uh, I mean, like, Chainsaw Man, not only am I plotting out how to make uh, Denji's, like, full-on chainsaw head after I saw a, a, a video of a guy in the Philippines pull it off with light-up eyes, smoke, and a freaking rotating chainsaw blade. Um, after I saw that, I'm like, yes, that is goals. Yeah, I just started like planning that in my head, but I really can relate to power and it has me thinking like that could be my first crossplay just because I love her character so much. This wild child, destroy everything in her path, just cares about violence and getting her job done and, um, her, cat. and her cat, which I mean, I love my cat and would do anything for Frodo. So, I mean, like. There, there's that. But then the very end of the episode, when it was just like, she takes the vegetables and throws them off her plate. And I'm just like, oh no, that is me. Like, I am I am a carnivore at heart. Like, <laughs> In all fairness, Chase, I don't think that it, disliking vegetables is a huge identifier. That don't no, no. I actually do like vegetables, but I don't think that that's a particularly niche type yeah. of personality trait to identify with a character. It's it's more of it's more of a jokingly type thing because it's a it's a joke between me and Marissa that like my eating habits were never the healthiest <laughs> back when we were in college and stuff. And I know that people don't eat healthy in college normally, but like she was really getting me to try to do that. And it was just like anytime I felt like I was allergic to the salad bar on uh, on campus. It's just like I'll stay away from that. <laughs> salad bars are never actually good stuff, anyways. Uh, but yeah. but anyway, but it's, um, it's, 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 it's living up to the hype. Uh, Raven of the Inner Palace. What do you think of that one so far? Oh, I mentioned it early on. Of just oh, okay. Sort of our course. Yeah, um, and good. if uh, if you ever get curious to try to play an RPG like a retro game, there is a remaster of it, but it's also available in the collection of mana uh which comes with both uh secret of mana and uh or legend of mana and then secret of mana. whatever the case legend of mana I, I think it's legend of mana i'm getting all the mana games mixed up in my head right now <laughs> second dead sensu much easier to remember the japanese title but yeah it, it'll make you want to play the game it is a very faithful adaptation i have been enjoying that it's one of those where 
I didn't watch it right away. And then I watched a few episodes back to back and it brought me right back into it. It is a beautiful show and a great homage to, you know, for an, uh, for a game's 25th anniversary. I would like to see stuff like this done more often um, to celebrate big anniversaries with something that might bring people interested into a game or back into a manga. I don't know if Urusei Yatsura is happening because of the anniversary or if this is just because David looked at it and went, Give me that eh, one. A little bit of calling me. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but yeah, this this season is just oh god, like this said, year. At the top of the show, it's living up to the hype. This season in particular has been heralded as one of the most stacked we've seen in the past several years. And it just really is it combined with the fact that not only are the expected heavy hitters hitting, but you also have these unexpected ones that I'm not going to say which from Mercury is unexpected. That I would call that an expected one. That it's the Gundam brand. That is yeah. a that is a a lister, even if it wasn't one that I expected to enjoy personally. But seeing these other ones, you know, really stand their ground as well. And to be fair, there's going to be a lot of these that I think Raven of the Inner Palace is going to get buried in terms of general popular awareness it's going to get buried by a bunch of other stuff which is part of why i like that we're given at the spotlight but we should probably get on to the main part and this is something that we've done every season for the past couple seasons now in that i have made a little game show we had real or fake anime brands or sorry real or fake fake anime brands and <laughs> we did real or fake no it was uh fill in the blank of light novel titles also, just, I'm hearing myself echo a little bit in your thing. Uh, do you have a headset in? Uh, I do have headphones on, yeah. All right, that's strange because I'm hearing myself echo a little bit. So maybe yeah. turn your volume down a little bit. Yeah, no, I uh, I did turn it down. You're coming in really loud anyway on my headphones for some odd reason, but I, uh, I, I turned it down. So. Okay, but what I've done here is real or fake anime superheroes. So I have 15 hero names. And your job, Jace, is to guess whether or not these are actual heroes that have appeared in anime. So, All right, yeah. And I will also say every single one of these 15 have man as the suffix. So <laughs> good luck. Up first, oh, man. Boomerang <laughs> Man. Is Boomerang Man a real anime hero, Jace? Uh, Boomerang Man is a DC Comics uh, hero or villain. They were in the Suicide Squad movie, so I'm going to say fake as far as anime goes. Well, I didn't look this one up to see if it was anywhere else because I knew that it was real. It is from My Hero Academia. There is a student in second year class two whose hero Doesn't name is Boomerang me. Man. Doesn't surprise me considering that Kohei is a massive Westaboo and loves American comics. I mean, All Might is practically Superman. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me that there would be a Boomerang Man in uh, My Hero Academia. Yes, yeah, so the first place I went when constructing this list was My Hero Academia. It was like, all right, I'm just going to find some hero. There, there's going to be plenty to choose from, but I'm going to choose one that feels like it could be a either or. Um, I will say there's a couple on this list that I have listed as fake in that they aren't from anime, but are from other places. Um, but I haven't actually searched all of the fake ones to know if there is that overlap. So the fact that there was actually a real other 
hero version of Boomerang Man is kind of funny. Hmm. Yeah. I I don't remember. Was that actually in the anime? Because I. It was in it's the anime. Bit, I did double check the wiki, and that they. It's a bit of a blur to me because I did like binge all of that a before minor, the minor character. That's <laughs> why I picked this one in particular because I knew that even if you've seen it, you might not remember them. And yeah, I very yeah. deliberately chose the most background of background characters. You are not likely to have forgotten anything of significance. I think that they were referred to once or twice in passing. So don't be too hard on yourself there. But right. next we have Thunderman. Thunderman or Thunderman? Thunderman, like lightning and okay. thunder. Thunderman. I'm gonna guess. Uh... Of course, Japan does have the uh, the, the yokai uh, deities of Huijin and Raijin, you know, uh, which are supposed to be wind uh, slash thunder, I guess, and lightning, respectively. Um, Thunderman would not surprise me if it were real just because of that cultural background. So you were saying real? I'm thinking real. There is no anime hero called Thunderman. There is, however, a Mega Man character called Thunderman, but and that character did exist in the Mega Man NT Warrior anime, but I'm not considering Annette Navi to be a superhero, especially because they were a villain anyways. So mm. Thunderman faked you out there. There is no Thunderman that I could find at the very least in anime. There could be in other forms of media, but not anime. Number three on the list, Skull Man. Okay, that one's definitely got to be legit. What makes you say that? You sound pretty assured. Just because there's a history of iconography with that sort of thing in anime and manga, thanks to Shotaro Ishinomori, uh, and probably before that, um, but in Kamen Rider, the grunts, the general, you know, typical people that they beat away that are about, like, you know, the weaklings uh, that you see them be away are uh, always uh, dressed in these luchador masks that have these bodysuits that have like a skeleton on them and uh, what weirdly looks like a wrestling championship belt. Don't know why, but <laughs> anyway, I digress. That iconography has existed since then. It's it's lived on and influenced other creators to create either superheroes or supervillains around a skull theme. So I'm going to guess that this one's legit. Now, here's the thing. So I'm very specifically saying superheroes, not supervillains. Hmm. I'm pretty sure there was at least one superhero with that. I don't know why. It just seems to be familiar. Well, you are right. And here's the thing. Skull Man was written by Shotaro Ishinomori. I knew it. I knew. I knew it sounded familiar. And had a feeling it had to do with him. <laughs> you were here saying like, "Oh, that this guy used a lot of similar stuff and whatnot." I was like, "No, you just have it on the head." He wrote this flipping thing in 1970, <laughs> a year before he did *Common Rider*. So, <laughs> hero the story wow. whose parents were murdered grows up to use his peculiar powers to take revenge. The original Skull Man was one of the first anti-heroes to be seen in manga. Someone who sacrifices the lives of the innocent in their quest for vengeance. So, written as a manga in 1970, but there was a anime adaptation in 2007, and that's what qualifies him for this list. If it was manga only... ADV Films it, put it out, I remember now, because I remember the kind of crazy-looking, like, trench coat. And if you look at the character's design, 
Straight up, he's got the scarf, which is one of his uh, trademarks. Your memory because... is not serving you correct there, though. That was Sentai that released it. And it oh, was, well, uh... it was on Anime Network, though. Yes, it was on Anime Network. You okay, so it was, it was after ADV became Sentai, somehow. Um, but yeah, anyway... Or maybe the wiki article was updated retroactively to be the current company name. So you actually either, made... either way, uh, the design of the character has one of Ishinomori's uh, trademark things. Uh, if you look at Kamen Rider, the very first uh, Super Sentai series, and Cyborg 009, you'll notice they all have scarves. So <laughs> that's the <laughs> other thing. So... Very, very uh, iconic design uh, that he does. And actually, now that I'm thinking of it, even homage uh, in, uh, to bring it back to last season, Futo P.I.'s uh, live action, Kamen Rider Double, uh, there was a Kamen Rider skull who looked very similar. It had a private eye motif, so you had kind of like the trench coat type you know, things. He wore the fedora over a skull-based helmet. So, yeah, Ishinomori, I... <laughs> I knew it was stuck in my head for some reason. <laughs> oh, damn. Up next, Bronze Man. Bronze Man. I'm going to guess fake on Bronze Man. What makes you say that? Uh, I mean, the only way it could be real would be as a joke character because Bronze being what's seen as third place and people usually only pay attention to the first and second place winners of something. So if it was real, Bronze Man would be a joke character from what I'm thinking. And that's why I'm thinking it might be fake. Because I would think, you know, Bronze, that they have metallic powers, or at least that's what I was thinking when I made it up, because Bronze Man is indeed fake. Okay. <laughs> Sound Man. Is Sound Man a real anime superhero? Hmm, Sound Man. Um, so sound powers do appear in anime. I mean, you got guys like Present Mike. You know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no, though. I don't I don't think that it would be uh, something strong enough to run a character off of again, unless it was a joke character. I mean, like you said, present Mike is more than enough to run a, a character off of. True, but they found a, it's it's weird that you can create a character like him and base it around that. But he started off originally kind of as a joke because he was the announcer and his ability was, you know. Yeah, that he could easily announce. Well, you are right again. Soundman is fake. I think I should have given that one. A more compelling name. Soundman does sound a little bit plain. I was writing this list very last minute, so some <laughs> of these are uncreative. But at the same time, I also found a lot of hero names that were uncreative. You know, Boomerang Man, Thunder Man, Skull Man. So that was how I constructed this list to make all of these sound just simple enough that they might or might not exist. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> up next, Hero Man. Hero Man. Why not? Uh, <laughs> At first, I was like, "You're a robot," and then I'm like, "No, no, no!" I'm thinking of Freakazoid, the uh, the parody of Astro Boy. Uh, that's one though, Adam. Hero Boy, I must succeed. <laughs> so pop in my head instantly. Hero Man does sound like it could be in an anime, though. So I, I will, uh, 
I will, I will guess that that is real. You actually think somebody would have made something called Hero Man? Dude. <laughs> I will actually say that, yeah, there are weird enough shows and stories. Case in point, uh, Kinikuman, uh, which is about wrestlers, you know, like intergalactic wrestling. And they had really bizarre gimmicky names built around, you know, what they were. Half of it was funny translations. Half of it were legit Japanese puns around it. And Hero Man just sounds like it would be something you would see in a wacky show like that. Well, somebody would write, and that someone is Stan Flippin' Lee. Oh, God. <laughs> Stan Lee wrote this manga. It was published by oh, uh, Shonen Gangan, and it yep. was animated by none other than Studio Bones. Oh, Studio wow. Bones I didn't know that there was an anime actually based Hero off of... Man, the anime, in 2010. There was 26 episodes. That's that's not the first actual an like that's the first anime as far as I know that he was involved in. I know that Stan Lee actually did a manga as well with Hiroyuki Takei, the creator of Shaman King, called Ultimo as well. Mm -hmm. So I I'm, I'm, Ultimo. I'm surprised that actually Stan Lee was involved in a second uh, manga slash anime. And also that he just wrote one called Hero Man. Yeah, just, just Hero Man. So the synopsis here from Wikipedia, orphaned American boy Joey lives with his grandmother working at a restaurant in West Coast City of uh, the West Coast City of Center City, because we're just going with, you know, generic names left, right and center here. While going to school upon hearing of a new toy robot called the Haybo, Joey believes that getting one will make his life better, turning him into the hero to he wants to be to protect his friends and family. However, he cannot afford to buy it on his meager salary. His luck changes when he picks up a broken Haybo abandoned by a school bully. He tries to fix it, naming it Hero Man, but does not have any luck in getting it to work. However, when it gets struck by a bolt of strange lightning, it transforms into a giant robot just in time to save his friend Lena from impending danger. Now, Joey and Hero Man are Earth's only defense against the evil insectoid Scrug, unknowingly summoned to Earth by Joey's science teacher. Yeah, it's a manga and an anime. I'm looking at the key art here, and it is straight up an homage to the giant robo genre. Specifically, that thing looks like Tetsujin 28, in my opinion. Like, it is a straight up homage to. Uh, like one of the first giant robot animes of all time. And uh, actually, Stan Lee um, had a thing for characters with alliteration. I mean, you got like Peter Parker, Reed Richards, etc. And what do we have here other than, and I have no clue if Stan Lee knew about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but Joey's actual full name is Joseph Jones. Stan Lee made a JoJo. <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh god in note passing now i'm just now i'm thinking so joey jojo jr shabadoo that's the worst na fake name i've ever heard in my life joey jojo <laughs> is ufo man a real hero though um well, it's it's funny because I was watching uh, uh, I was watching Digital Era last week, and uh, on the roulette wheel, I think it was last week or a week before, 
when uh, Congo was doing a roulette wheel of old games, there was UFO Kamen Yakisoban, which I when I when he said that, I thought he said Yakisoba man. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, but UFO man. Oh god. I'm, I'm gonna guess uh I'm gonna guess fake. UFO Man is real. It's from an anime called Ultimate Girls, which uh, had a 2005 anime, but the manga has been running from 2005 and is still running actively now. Wow. One second, let me uh, bring up the article on this one. Uh, During one of the many monster attacks uh, on the city where the story takes place, Silk Koharuno and her two friends attempt to get closer to the monster to get a better view. Unfortunately, the city's protector, UFO Man, comes to the rescue but inadvertently steps on them and crushes the girls to death. Feeling sorry for what he has done, UFO Man blames their deaths on the monster and promises to bring them back to life by lending them his power. However, they must become the city's protectors as well. I just realized with a name like UFO man and giant alien man steps on people, it's a parody of Ultraman, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know, but I will say it's the other thing that I found it's out uh, from concept. this article, the, the general public ref- it, uh, refers to the heroes. It's a little bit cringy. It's based on their breast size. Of course call, it is. Uh, he knew. Uh, oh, I just, you. I see and, it now. Yeah, just it's like eh. it. It didn't. It didn't get released in the states until 2014. Surprisingly, it, it came out in, in 2000. States. Yeah, Media Blasters. Um, uh, it media came out blasters. in 2005. And talking about characters with boob size, yeah, that is definitely vintage 2005. I can believe it. So yeah. <laughs> Up next, Mecha Man, M-E-C-H-A dash M-A-N. Fake. I'm guessing fake. What makes you say fake? Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to guess fake at this point. I'm like, because I've I've been both surprised by being right and wrong. So I'm just going to guess real and fake at some points unless I actually know it. (laughs) You've been pretty good, though, because you're calling out most of my fake ones. I thought Mecha Man was going to be at least marginally believable, but you just sort of no-scoped that one. So far, the only fake one that you've actually fallen for was Thunderman, which I didn't make up myself anyways. That was a real one from uh, Mega Man, and you know, it was a villain, so it was sort of a corner case one, but it wasn't my own name, so I need to get better at making up fake names. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, you know, we have lots of Mecha, and we have Mega Man, so why not Mecha Man or, you know, Robo Man or something like that? But apparently I'm not getting anything past you today. Even your <laughs> instincts are uh, serving you well. Woodsman. 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 <laughs> so uh, and now I've got Woodman's music stuck in my head. Thank you. <laughs> that like intro drum line is just so freaking catchy. Um I'm going to guess fake again. Like, it sounds more like the Mega Man villain, you know, and, and like, again, could be a parody character that you'd see, like, you know, a lumberjack type guy, you know, huntsman type guy. Like, 
you could see him in a gag series like a, a Kanika Man and and things like that. But I really, I'm guessing Woodsman is is also going to be fake. Woodsman is real. Now huh. this one I will say I twisted a little bit because Woodsman is a Yu-Gi-Oh character from the Elemental Hero series. That uh, there is a Elemental Hero Woodsman. So uh, they are not. Yeah, I, I kind of cheated on this one, but I maintain that Woodsman is a anime hero. That is, you know, Elemental Hero card. Very clearly, it's in the name, uh, and that is one that we have in Yu-Gi-Oh GX. So I mean, Woodsman. It wasn't a real character. It was just a card that was played. Well, no, the, the Elemental Heroes turned out to be real characters. There was an entire arc where they turned out that, you know, all of these heroes in Neo's space were real and saving the universe from the light of destruction. So, yes, they are actually real heroes. That is very bizarre. And, I mean, but... It's Yu-Gi-Oh! On brand for Yu-Gi-Oh! I mean, I worked at a, I worked at a, a card and toy store, and I looked at the Yu-Gi-Oh! cards and went, so what? Blue Eyes White Dragon isn't one of the strongest cards anymore? <laughs> I was so confused by the rules. It, don't worry, it still sort of is, because now there's an entire Blue Eyes archetype. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know either. My, so, my brain broke. <laughs> Metro Polyman. Metro Polyman, like Metropolis. Like Metropolitan. Like Metropolitan. Metropolitan. Mm, I'm going to guess... This is a mouthful. I'm, I'm thinking of, like, the, the syllables, because Japan likes shorter things, like, you know, or, or things that have longer uh, vowel sounds to them. You know, so, like... Metro Metro Poriman is a freaking mouthful for a character. I, I hope he's got another name because I mean, like, it definitely. Um, somebody's got to be crazy enough to do that. I think. Like, I don't know. I know that there's uh, uh, Katsuhiro Otomo's Metropolis. Um. Oh god, it's been forever since I watched it though, which is why I can't remember if there was something I could have sworn Metropolis was more like a prequel to Astro Boy uh that he wrote as an homage, um, and less so. Oh god. <laughs> Every time you manage to just like twist my brain up in some ways where I'm just writing in circles. Good, that means I'm writing my lists well. Oh, so uh, I'm gonna have to say uh uh, just stuff. It's gotta be, uh, it's gotta that be was loud. Sorry. Uh, so I, I had to bleep myself on this. I'm, I'm going to guess it's real. Just shooting in the dark now. <laughs> it's real, but not a hero. Huh? Metropolyman is one of the villains from recent anime adaptation, Platinum End. This was wow. uh, the series that is done by Oba and Obata of Death Note fame, which did not receive stellar reviews. It was actually mentioned in our Discord earlier this week. So, uh, yeah, check out our Discord if you want some of the discussion. 
but Metro Polyman is not a real anime hero because he's a real anime villain. So you're going to be wrong on that one. Sorry. But uh, that was also me once again being a little bit tricky and having a real character, but it being a villain. So, yeah. Hey, I have to throw some curveballs. So, man, like really throwing a villain on the list? You're the real villain for doing that, man. <laughs> <laughs> What about Pigeon Man? With a gag like that. Screw it. Yeah, I'm guessing legit on that. It just sounds so stupid that it's something you would see in a manga or anime. You'd think so, wouldn't you? But Pigeon Man did not appear in an anime. He appeared in a Western cartoon. Pigeon Man is from Hey Arnold. Do you remember Hey Arnold? Yes, I do. And that's probably why the name sounded familiar to me. Pigeon Man was this guy who lived on the roof of yep. Arnold's uh, apartment building and just collected pigeons. Characters had very simple nicknames like Stoop Kid, who won't leave his stoop. Stoop Kid's gonna leave his stoop. <laughs> oh, God. When cartoons were so simple but funny back then. Son didn't have overarching plots that were secretly dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they built out the Hey Arnold lore and actually had like a movie where they found his parents and stuff because they were apparently adventures in like the Amazon or something trying to save some civilization from, you know, like some weird huh. poisoning thing. I don't know. So I guess uh, so I guess his grandmother wasn't insane that she actually had wild adventures, too, maybe. Possibly. Kind of sort of like his. It. I haven't so I seen it either, but I'm guessing that, like, Arnold's family now is kind of along the lines of, like, you know, Scrooge McDuck's lineage of being, like, Indiana Jones-like. So, uh, and <laughs> now I just want to see a sequel series where Arnold now becomes, like, another legendary adventurer. <laughs> Fun at Nickelodeon. Do it, Netflix. Come on. <laughs> so Pigeon Man is sadly a fake anime superhero not appearing in any anime. Chop Man. Isn't that just uh, Vince Offer? Who? You know, that guy, you know, ShamWow guy. So he had oh, a slap yeah, hi, it, this yeah. was Slap Chop, and you got yeah, a great you gotta all day. Uh, you got to love my nuts. <laughs> going to love my nuts. Uh, shout out to, uh, shout out to Risu. <laughs> Happy nonstop nut November. So uh, join the, join the conversation on the Discord if you love uh, Risu. Uh, I'm going to guess fake on Chop Man. Ooh, I'm getting you now because Chop Man is real. And here's one that I'm going to make you feel a bit bad about. They're from Tiger and Bunny. Are they from Tiger and Bunny too? Uh, they're from episode 14 of season one. God, I watched it when it first came out, which was yeah, like 10 years ago. Like I said, I was so... picking background characters for some of these because I knew you'd watch Tiger and Bunny, so I wasn't going to pick, you know... Uh, one of the main characters. One of the main characters. Yeah, the ensemble. Yeah, and I don't think any of them have man in their name anyways. But uh, Chopped Man is a hero in Tiger and Bunny Season 1, Episode 14, who can grow his hand and chops things. Yeah. <laughs> so, basically a gag character. Yeah, it makes sense. It did sound like a gag character name. Snowman. At this point, we really are getting into uh, Mega Man villain territory. Um, 
not that not that it is a not i know that there i think it's Iceman in mega man not snowman um i'm gonna guess real snowman is fake that one i just made up entirely it's funny once i stopped giving up you know, I uh, I immediately uh, started doing bad. Yeah, so maybe I'm I'll getting you these last several. Maybe I'll start thinking more again. <laughs> oh, you should start thinking because this is the last one I have on my list. It's number fifteen, Particle Man. <laughs> so, poor Particle Man. So loses all of his fights. Uh, why why do Triangle Man and Person Man hate him so much? Nobody knows. Person Particle Man. Particle Man. Yeah. Okay, so you got the reference. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I am a big PMG fan. I had to throw in Particle Man. I mean, they're Doing based the in Brooklyn. Can. They're What's based in not important. Particle Man. Is, is he a doctor? Is he sick? Is he when he's underwater? Water? Does he get wet? Does he get wet? Or does the water get him instead? Parkman. Parkman. Yeah. Yeah. Classic you know, character from They Might Be Giants song. Shout out to, shout outs to New York because they're based out of Brooklyn and they are originally mass holes like me. So. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. that's uh, They got their start through something called Dial a Song where they just put songs on this answering machine. People could call a number and they could hear They Might Be Giants music. And that was before they were putting out albums and stuff like that. There were some songs that were exclusive to just calling that phone number. So uh, it's, it's kind of a cool little history fact about them. Uh, very unique thing that doesn't exist anymore because nobody really calls each other. They just text. <laughs> but once I again, I... Particle Man is not a real anime character, sadly. A, uh, I love a Particle Man anime, though. Particle Man anime would be good, or uh, just a Particle Man character in a My Hero Academia movie or OVA would be great. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, I, I feel like it needs to be a highlighted character, uh, something special. Yeah, well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, that is all 15, I think, of those. Let me see here. You... You got Boomerang. No, you didn't get Boomerang, man. You call... Or wait. You did get Boomerang, man. For the wrong reasons, but you got it. Uh, you got Skull Man. You got... Oh, wait a minute. I did miss one. Sorry, there was one that I missed on this list. Uh, Wingman. <laughs> Wingman. Oh, man. Um, Wingman. Uh... <sighs> You know what? I'm I'm gonna connect the dots here. I think Wingman could be an homage to a previous series or franchise. Um because there was uh there was the Super Sentai series Jetman, which had a bird motif and uh and, and plane type things. And that in itself was also a reference to Gachaman. Uh, so I'm going to guess Wingman is legit. Wingman is indeed real. 
Uh, this is a manga and anime from 1984. Uh, well, so manga was in 1983. The anime was in 84. This was made by Masakazu Katsura. Wingman is a story of Kenta Hirono, a fan of superheroes and Sentai television shows to the point where he dreams about becoming such a hero himself. To that end, oh. he creates a superhero of his own called Wingman, and much to the chagrin of his teachers, acts out the fantasies of being a wingman at school. When Kenta meets Aoi Yume, the beautiful blue-haired princess of an alternate universe called Pod Dreams, he gets his chance to make his fantasy come true. As Aoi carries a book called The Dream Note, huh, which can make any dream come true, Kenta draws a picture of Wingman in the book, allowing him to become Wingman for real. Kenta Aoi and Kenta's classmate and love interest Miku Ogawa team up to save Pod Dreams from the evil dictator Remo, who wants to use the Dream Note to take over Pod Dreams while Kenta deals with his conflicting feelings for both of his female compatriots. Damn. Yeah, I, I had to look I had to look it up the minute you said said that. I'm like, what? <laughs> this guy has a hell of a freaking resume of things that are just old school that I've they were some of the first things that I watched when I was getting into anime. DNA Squared, Video Girl I. Uh the fact that he was a character designer on Tiger and Bunny and Garo which is, of course, an anime based off of a tokusatsu live-action franchise. It's like, damn, this guy runs deep in stuff that I've seen before. <laughs> I, need to, I need to look up freaking uh, Wingman and see if they've got a uh, translation or adaptation anywhere. Because like, now, now I'm just like, okay, it's a toku-themed hero? Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> Yep, so that is actually going to do it. So you got that one right. Uh, you got Boomerang Man right. You got Skull Man right. You got Wingman right. You got Bronze and Sound and Hero. You missed UFO. You, you got Mecha. You missed Woods, Metropoly, Pigeon, Chop, Snow, and you got Particles. So you got eight of the, uh, of the 15, so just about half. But, no, yeah. 50-50. 50-50. But that's going to do it. Wingman pulled you over the edge there. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> That's going to be our game show for the season. This one was sadly not as creative as I'd have liked. That I was a bit scrambling today, it's but uh, I think it still worked out. I think we still hey, got it. The fact that you got me fifty-fifty there is yeah better than what the the one that we did with the uh, the fake uh, brand names. That one, mm -hmm. so uh, which I learned recently was called Greeking. So it's it's actually a uh, thing that goes far back in Hollywood. Um, Case in point, look at the Coca-Cola sign next time you watch an episode of Seinfeld uh, in the diner. You'll see that they uh, they covered up a couple of letters on it. <laughs> hmm. So, uh, yeah, Greeking has been a thing for years in Hollywood. And, uh, yeah, I uh, I look forward to another one of that one maybe next year. Because maybe I'll come up with the names this time around and see if I can trick you with that. Because those are uh, – that one was fun. That one was super fun. This one was great, too, though. I uh, – and now I got to look up Wingman and see if it got licensed or translated by anybody. Because, yeah, that just sounds cool now. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you enjoyed. So uh, hopefully those of you listening enjoyed as well. Thank you so much for listening in. This has been episode 131 of DKI, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. I will be back not on Digital Era Entertainment tomorrow, but on RTDFW, the Rooster Teeth Dallas-Fort Worth Communities channel tomorrow 
for our annual Extra Life charity stream. It is a 25-hour stream going from 10 a.m. Central Time tomorrow to 10 a.m. Central Time on Sunday. But Joel, wait, didn't you say 25 hours? Yes, I did, because Daylight Savings happens on Sunday morning, so we reach the hour of 2 a.m. So we're going to be doing 25 hours. I will not be on for the entirety of that because I'm actually helping out at Nishi Fest, which is a one-day event in Arlington, Texas. Uh, it's actually right next to the ballpark for the Rangers. Uh, it is the at the esports stadium being run by uh, industry friend of Mario and myself, Justin Rojas, and friend of the channel and original host of DKI, Emmy Lowe, is actually going to be a guest there. That she's going to have a table and also be doing a panel on her work on Cyberpunk Edge Runners. So if you are in Texas, well, uh, you have very short turnaround time. But anyways, that's where I'm going to be for the earlier part of the day, and then in the evening. I'll be on the stream at RTDFW, but that stream, like I said, will be going from 10 a.m. Central Time tomorrow until 10 a.m. Central Time on Sunday. So 25 hours of nonstop fun and games, all in name of charity. So if you're interested in that, it's just twitch.tv slash RTDFW, nice and simple. Uh, other members of the radio drama cast and uh, regular contributors to the channel, Cam, Mary, Abby, and Danny will be there as well. We're actually doing a radio drama segment, which I did last year to great success, which is basically for one hour, I've taken six scenes from the shows that we've done here on Digital Era Entertainment, and that I'm going to be giving it the parts to different folks there. So it'll be just a couple quick fun ones, but uh, there's some good stuff there. And uh, I've got some some really good roles selected for folks that uh, Cam is, I'm assuming, I'm hoping he's not listening. I hope he's not listening. But I've arranged it so he's going to get to play Joker, which he wanted to do very badly in Return of the Joker. So definitely going to be something fun to listen into for that. And uh, if he's somehow listening in right now, then dang it, there goes my surprise. But eh, oh, well, he'll have fun tomorrow anyways. But yes, if you want, you can check out our sponsors, ImageAnime at ImageAnime.com and use the code DISCOUNTSHIP, that is D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-S-H-I-P, for free shipping on orders of $100 or more. And you can get Digital Era Entertainment merchandise from stream, sorry, from merch.streamelements.com slash Digital Era Entertainment. As always, be sure to follow, subscribe, like all that jazz here on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And on YouTube, you can see the trailer for Kokoro no Pro, our upcoming wrestling-themed visual novel. And uh, I think that just about does it. Am I forgetting anything? Nope, nope, don't think so. Cool. Well, thank you all once again so much for tuning in. Stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Go Plus Ultra! 